You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and this is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. And this week's podcast is brought to you by Therapy Clinic in Limerick. I'm now joined in the studio by Bernie English. Bernie, how are you getting on? I'm good, Keen, on this wet and, and strange and wonderful day to be in work. Wet, strange, windy, cold, it has it I'm all. I'm telling you, yeah. all coming up to <laughs> Samhain. <laughs> Uh, to start off, uh, Bernie, there's a story in this week's paper and nationally about Niall Collins' TD uh, and his voting patterns, we'll say. Yes, Niall Collins' <laughs> TD and others, uh, Votegate. Okay, so what we have is a situation where there was a doll vote. Well, actually, in this case, there were six of them, where Niall Collins voted on behalf of party colleague Timmy Dooley, Claire TD. And this was brought to light the fact that Timmy Dooley was not in the chamber and Niall Collins used his, his button. And it, for anyone who's ever been in the doll, each each TD has a little button in front of them and party colleagues generally sit together. So it's not a big reach to reach over <laughs> and hit your party colleague's button. Anyway, in the, in the event, it, it was uncovered after an investigation that in fact Niall Collins had voted on behalf of Timmy Dooley, who was not in the chamber at the time. And he said he believed that Timmy Dooley was in the vicinity, in the doll, and was coming back. So he voted. So are you allowed to vote for someone if they're in the room? Or is that the way it works? Well, I don't know, Keen. If you go to the polling station and you want to <laughs> vote for your next door neighbour who happens to be indisposed at a doctor's appointment or is coming a little bit later, probably no. So, so no, no under all protocol, and I and I've I've covered. I, I spent a couple of seasons as a doll correspondent. No, you're not supposed to vote for somebody who's not there. It's as simple as that. And uh, th- these TDs all issued apologies. They did indeed. They did indeed. Now, if if we wish to be a little bit fair, we have to say there is such a thing as custom and practice, and it appears that this was custom and practice in the doll that if your party colleague was didn't answer the bell for a vote that you could vote for. Now, you know, the bell, there is this thing that goes on in the doll. So if people are in or about the vicinity of the house, whether they're down having a cup of coffee or they're off in their consulting rooms or they're attending some other parliamentary business, a vote bell rings and you're supposed to be back for the vote. (laughs) So it's kind of hard. You can't escape it. If you went to the bathroom in the doll, the vote bell rings. And you're supposed to be back when the vote happens. So anyway, in the event, Niall Collins has apologised. There is no stricture. He was asked to step down from the front bench by the party leader for a period of time. Um, you know, Timmy Dooley, Niall Collins and, and two others were involved, not from our vicinity. But, you know, they're ambitious parliamentarians. They they would certainly be in the running for ministerial uh, posts should their party succeed in the next <laughs> government. But, um, yeah, it's, it, there's no doubt it's damaged It's damaged yeah. the reputation. Will this investigation be ongoing or is this it now? No, I think this is about it. Um, okay. The further investigation, as far as they're concerned, will be uh, about how people vote yeah. in the chamber. And that will probably come down to some new method of voting whereby you have to have, I don't know, fingerprint or, or, or facial recognition or something. They will have to start. To be fair, the doll has a very antiquated process of its technology wouldn't kind of startle either you or I. And God knows <laughs> any technology startles me. <laughs> but, uh, this, the, the, the technology in the doll, in my experience, is not, is not something that would um, 
challenge anyone. So it's perhaps it's perhaps a timely reminder that things need updating. And then uh, on to another story, Bernie. Uh, you've written a story about a steeple jill before and she's back doing what she does. She is indeed, bless her. Angela Collins, isn't she just inspiring? She's 76 years of age and she's gone throwing herself off the side of um, the home of rugby, <laughs> the home in park, <laughs> for good causes. Uh, the Children's Grief Centre and the Redemptorist Christmas Hamper Appeal. Um, now, Angela, I, I interviewed Angela many moons ago and she's written her own book about this, but uh, she started off working in her family business as a secretary and one of the steeplejacks had forgotten something. They were actually working, believe it or not, on the spire in uh, the cathedral here in Limerick and she went down and she couldn't get hold of the guys and she was trying to gesticulate for them to come down and get this yoke, whatever it was <laughs> that they'd forgotten. Anyway, she thought, I'll just go up. <laughs> so she went up. <laughs> and there began her career as, I think, probably Ireland's only uh, female steeple jack or Jill. <laughs> and um, she went on to make that her career and the family business is still thriving and doing really well, we're pleased to say. Um, and so about now she does this as a, a charity gig. So she yes, pays the money. Yeah, uh, yeah. She had she had retired entirely. Yeah. She had retired entirely, and she had uh, some personal issues and health issues from the business. But uh, she went to support, to, you know, to do the hurrah for her daughter who was doing a, a, an ab sale in Dublin for a charity last May. I think it was in Croke Park, wasn't it? Croke Park. Yeah. That's right. And she said. Um, she was looking and she said, oh, I'll have a go at that. <laughs> <laughs> and there she was in her good frock. <laughs> she threw herself off the side of Crow Park. Lovely. And uh, she's doing it again. Yeah, she's doing it again on um, November 18th. I Sorry, 16th. She's calling for people to join her this time. Oh, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are two amazing, amazing causes. The Children's Grief Centre is uh, some, probably an almost unique facility for children who are in difficulty over bereavement, uh, parental divorce, loss of siblings, and that does great work. And the Redemptorist Christmas Hamper Appeal, everyone will be very familiar with. I mean, they help families in great need every Christmas in Limerick. And you know what? There's one time of the year people shouldn't be in need, but they are. And, you know, the Redemptorists do great work in helping that. Anyway, the renowned uh, Angela is um, doing her thing and she wants people to come do it too. Brilliant. Go on. The rest of us who are younger <laughs> than her should have a go. <laughs> so, uh, Bernie, uh, a holiday time of the year which stands out for yourself, really, is Samhain. It is, it is. And there's a lot going on in Limerick for the Samhain Festival. There is indeed. I mean, Samhain is um, traditionally, in, in the old Celtic ways, in the old pagan ways, um, Samhain was actually the New Year. Yeah. The Irish New Year. And that makes a bit of sense when you think about how things go just in the natural cycle of things. But we have great fun. We have great fun in Limerick. And, you know, it's mad. Uh, Halloween is almost... Halloween sound has almost become bigger than Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And kids love it, you know. Trick-or-treating, dressing up, all that stuff. It's become fierce sophisticated from the days when I was a kid. You stuck on your pyjamas and 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 a bit of of, um, (laughs) lipstick blood. Anyway... Uh, yeah, we have the Lumen Street Theatre Company are putting on a fantastic um, show Thursday to Saturday down in the medieval quarter. So catch them out down there. I uh, was there last year and the parade, the uh, Bishop's Lady Parade is 
one of the best things in Limerick in the whole year. So it, there's these yes. lit up lanterns parading yeah, through yeah, the streets, yeah, yeah. noise, bowerons, everything. And it, it's, it's fantastic. And it's lovely that it actually it kind of um, zones in on a bit of Limerick history. Exactly. And yeah. it's great fun. Great fun. And, and during the parade, you'll have people walking in off the street to get involved. And yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's, really it's a very inclusive thing. I mean, I've always said Limerick is great in, in terms of its culture and its inclusive culture. Yeah. And, you know, whatever criticism you might make of things that go on that people find over their heads. We do have a great, the- we do have a great um, tradition of street theatre. Of course, yeah, and a great community there as well. Yeah. So what else do we have going on this weekend, Bernie? Oh, we've lots of things. We have, uh, Bonratti is going to have its kind of sound festival and it's going to be strange and spooky and mysterious things going on there. Monsters and magic. Great fun. Card reading, tarot card reading. You want your future prediction? Come to Bonratti. Um, we also have in Limerick um, the Viva La Vida Festival which is the first Latin American festival to be held in Limerick City, connecting Latin America and the Irish artists through colourful community workshops, live music, dance performances, and that's taking place on up to October 26th all over the city. Excellent. Um, And the Scare Factory. Don't forget Scare Factory. Plus, Castle Connell have their Scare Fest. Oh, that's in the woods, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, my gosh. It's very cool. It is. It is very, (laughs) very cool. If you want to be absolutely horrified and scared and go away (laughs) laughing... And that's a family event, so they, they actually pitch it so it's not too scary for children. Ah, right, yeah. um, and they've done this, I think, gosh, I don't know how many years now, four or five years, but it's hugely well attended. And if you want a bit of crack, out you go. Brilliant. Bernie, thanks very much for joining us. Now, those stories are available in Limerick Post newspaper this week and online at Limerick Post. They sure are, well, and much more. Thank you. Thanks, Keen. And this week's podcast is brought to you by Therapy Clinic Limerick. And over to some good news now, a state-owned land to provide a new city centre neighbourhood. This is a story by Tom McCullough in this week's Limerick Post newspaper. So more than 50 hectares of state-owned land at the rear of Limerick's Colbert train station is to be redeveloped to create a new city centre neighbourhood. And earlier in the week, I caught up with John Morn from the Land Development Agency to talk about the possible use of this land. And you just uh, spoke about there, w- would that be residential or industrial? It's going to be both, I mean, or in fact all, right? So, so the idea of these neighbourhoods is, again, uh, we, it's kind of we're conditioned by what we've known, right? Uh, we've either been doing Cruiser Street, which is just all retail, and we don't have any offices, we don't have any um, residential, or we've done all of the residential, like out in Raheen or out in Corbally or whatever. So what the plan is, and all day we've spent the whole day here down in Limerick City Council's offices with people from the Department of Housing, with some architects who've been in from Denmark, some people from Dublin, some local architects from here in Limerick, with some of the financiers, actually talking about what does a really cool neighbourhood look like. How do you actually live in a neighborhood when you're five and you enjoy it, when you're a teenager, when you start working or maybe you finish university, you have a family and you go on to become older again because the kids have left. And and so the plan here is to try and have a neighborhood like that where you're not living there just because you want to commute to Dublin, although maybe some of the people in Dublin might be coming down on the train to actually do stuff or go to the hospital or whatever else it might be when they come down here. You're doing it because you can live in that city central location. And when you need to rent a car to drive to Kilkee or to drive to Ballybunion or wherever it is, there'll be kind of go-cars around the place and you just do that. If you really want a car, because I know lots of people think I'm against cars, um, you can have a car, but it may not be parked in the basement of your apartment block. What we heard today is that now what's happening is that people really are looking to say, well, look, if I need a car, you can park it in another building nearby because everybody reckons in 20, 30 years, 
we won't need that building, not for cars at least, we can reimagine it as some sort of urban play park or whatever it is, when the cars are no longer there. And the big interview on the Limerick Post show this week is with band Key West, where we met them in King John's Castle, and Megan Scully spoke to them about their new album before they gave us a live performance. And in our Out and About section this week, I went along to Art Limerick, where they have a new home in the People's Museum of Limerick. And I spoke to Cathy Tiernan about what people can expect at these Art Limerick sessions. I, I would say they were very solitary creatures, you know. They'd love to go into a room and paint on their own, and a lot of places that I go to anyway, you'd go into a house and the artwork is in the corner of the room and it has never come out the door. So the idea is to get yourself out, get your artwork out and come and chat with people. So I suppose this place is ideal because it's in the centre of town, you can come down with your artwork, you don't even have to be brilliant at art, just start somewhere, sit beside somebody who paints and have a chat at the end of it, you know, it, or, or, you know, like we stop halfway through and have a cup of tea and the, the other thing is that it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter. Across the globe, people come and sit down here for a cup of tea and paint. I'm now joined in studio by our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you today? Keen, I'm looking forward to my weekend. A long weekend. A long weekend. It's been a long week, but a very driven week, an interesting week. Uh, three Three great nights to tell yourself and the listener about. And, and there is our usual Limerick post-work too. There is indeed. And uh, you're working on a new feature now as well. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, that's right. readers, keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, we're yeah. taking a canter around the Golden Vale in this instance. And the, the it's just such a sublime countryside. Kilfinnan, Kilmallock, South Limerick. Yeah. Beautiful area. South East Limerick, just absolutely lush, stunning countryside in the Golden Vale. So bringing human interest in newsy and GA stories and farming stories from those parts. Now, Rose, together. you said you had three big nights this week and one of them was at the opera, a night at the opera. Yeah. How three. would you get on? <laughs> we spoke briefly about it outside uh, in the office okay. earlier on, but uh, from the way you described it, it sounds like a, a good show. Okay, now none of us can pretend that uh, Baroque opera is for many people, but it is most certainly for some people and uh, a few hundred of us collected at Lime Tree Theatre last night for Irish National Opera. A big treat. A regular partner with our own Irish Chamber Orchestra, but for for this production, Griselda, it's um, Vivaldi's first ever opera staged in Ireland. So that's one reason yeah, to it see it. Yeah, massive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the partnership this time around is with the Irish Baroque Orchestra, whom I've got to like and trust, and particularly their musical director, Peter Phelan, because he, um, Peter Whelan, had just such a, a joyful give to the Killaloo Chamber Music Festival in June last. He was uh, central and his musicians were central to, to much that was there. and Very beautiful on the eye. Just the instruments. It's a compact orchestra. Um, there's an old worldliness to it. And yet the music they play is as engaging, as thrilling, as surprising, as upbeat as it ever was. And as true to Vivaldi's score could ever wish it to be. And uh, one thing you spoke about was the talent on display. <laughs> Extraordinary. Yeah, there are six principles in this and it's very much ensemble. They all have strong parts. Uh, but probably the highlight or the, the, the core unit to this is the king, Gualtiero, who dismisses for you know, childish reasons his wife. Very, And it's been a very, very loving marriage. So it's totally dismaying and confounding. He gets shot of Griselda. 
Now, uh, I'm giving you all the names and all the parts. And yeah, go ahead. It's gone online. It's called Griselda Rocks Barack. You'll get on LimerickPost.ie. I just, you know, for three hours, it has to be good. And the, I was very engaged by the, the contrast between an utterly stark sort of, you know, builder's gallery of scaffold and some CCTV. Uh, and that really is the, the set. And that doesn't move. Plays of lighting are very significant. So I'd imagine this is a modernized version because I don't think in Vivaldi sound there was CCTV. Ugly to look at, but yeah. there is there's nothing old fashioned about um, the stage or the costuming. We know about couples coming undone. Okay. Uh, about people betraying each other, about aggrandizing for power, and then about surprising glimpses of humanity and uh, altruism. Yeah, this is all, yeah, it's all timeless, I suppose. Everyday so, match yeah. down in our canteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I found I, I got a kick out of this very stark set, which could disappoint somebody else. The other thing is that it was made beautiful opportunities for doors opening and closing and third titles are banded across the middle in the split stage. So there's an upstairs gallery and then there's your ground floor and level with the ground floor. Really, you have the orchestra as well. And they're so beautifully lit and they're sort of old world, gorgeous music. And you know, we're looking into the faces of musicians and we're sort of examining these different centuries old, you know, Baroque instruments. And then you're looking at modern suitcases studded with more ice stones than you find <laughs> in the Milky Way. All of that is great. But I have to say the Tom Creed, the director, he had warned me how very, very, very challenging the music is to sing. Yeah. And it truly is. And I have to say, Irish National Opera nailed it. Brilliant. We have mm. amazing, amazing, good quality growth in our own country. But it's an international cast. And I'm not going to favour one from the other. But they manage the coloratura and the, the supremely soaring high notes that were sort of beyond violin range. All of that done at a fast pace and over length. Uh, just, just really, I came away elevated. And uh, would you recommend anybody who has a bit of an interest in opera to catch the show if they get a chance? Yeah, absolutely. It's still on tour. It's doing two nights in Dublin, the pavilion. And you never know if the demand is there. They might be coming around again. Brilliant. And yeah. then uh, on to another review, Rose, uh, the Irish Chamber Orchestra. Yes, indeed. I told you it was a big week. You another did, indeed. really, yeah. really, really privileged seat. Is this work or is it a... <laughs> what do you call giving up hours of your life at night? <laughs> journeying for no expenses to <laughs> review to clods like you, Keen Reinhardt, <laughs> the incredible gems of artistry that are going on in Limerick. And there is a lot that, going on, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, and that gets to tour as well. We're so, so lucky. And it's of a high quality, yeah, very so high quality. It's, it's, yeah. it's world class and it's here for us in Limerick. On our doorstep. So this is why I'm on my Missani, my... Sorry, can I say that properly? You can say it properly if you like, Rose. Messianic zeal. <laughs> that I bring you these stories and that I forecast what might lies ahead because it's all there available for us. You don't pay too much money in Limerick for anything. It's you true. Don't. No. You yeah. know, we're not Rexford. We're not Dublin. We're certainly not the Cork Opera House or anything like that or Glenburn. And yet we we meet the same calibre of products or we share the same products. Yeah. Okay, a name I've never heard of in my life until the orchestra, Irish Chamber Orchestra, toured him to Limerick, Gabor Kelly. 
He's um, he's a rising star, gorgeously dressed man by the same by the way. He's won the prestigious Nestle and Salzburg Festival Young Conductors Award just last August. He's uh, got a riff of new work on top of that, and some of it has been working with the gorgeous, gorgeous young cellist. His name is Sheku Kenny Mason. And anyone, i.e. the millions, if not billions, who watched uh, Prince Harry and Duchess of Sussex Meghan's wedding in Windsor Chapel will have seen him play three gorgeous pieces, including uh, Schubert's uh, Ave Maria under the bower there. He's that gorgeous um, young musician who grew up in a supremely talented family in London. Uh, no, he's Nottingham, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Nottingham, more interesting still. And, and then he came over to play for you. They are people of colour. He came out proudly wearing um, uh, some beautiful top with, you'd identify with African nations. And he uh, played this really, really complex, very lovely piece by uh, Sansen. It's a cello concerto. And he did it with no notes. And more interestingly still, looking uh, skyward towards the lighting grig, rig and uh sort of he plays his cello as if he's a blind person and plays it deeply and emotively and then you've gabor cali to bring our immensely great orchestra in and along and he conducts uh gabor conducts with great precision as well as animation not in a showy way and you can see how dear the music of the musicians are to him because at the end it's not just sheku takes the big bow and we all stand and ovate uh, he brings up, you know, the horns from the back and uh, the big tympan drum and we have the wood and we have brass and, you know, the violins and the violas and the bass and just just really beautiful stuff like that. An acknowledgement that every note, every player is a contributor to this magnificent holistic whole. Then Sheku really played a blinder. He came back out, just strolled back out and then uh, he put down his bow He'd broken a few strings in it at this stage and he started playing the, his, his cello with uh, the two hands. Just that dum-dum-dum yeah. thing, you know? And like a bass. He whistled. Yeah. He whistled. Brilliant. I don't know what piece he whistled, but it sounded <laughs> like sort of a Huckleberry Finn going along a nonchalant route. And you just, just love the insouciance of it and his ability to just ride the wave that we sort of brought us on. Yeah. Which is lovely, lovely. Oh, sounds uh, like lovely, a lovely evening. Lovely yeah. talk about you know, diving into the, the fourth wall of the audience. Uh, we were all knocked out. Anyway, it didn't stop there. Um, it was a gorgeous uh, commissioned piece from Deirdre and Kay uh, after that. And uh, sitting beside Lady Dan Raven, who just commented to me, what did you think it sounded like? I thought, I said, at the end of it, uh, tension? And she looked at me and she said, ice. I, I, and I kind of got what she's saying, like the, the crunch and the, the flow of ice. And, you know, if you ever saw, I, I hate Cameron's film Titanic. Yeah. There are other ones um, available, the black and whites, they were gorgeous, you know, about the rescue of the Lusitania coming to it and there were a lot. If you listen to the ice sounds and that, yeah, there was that the search of, you know, sheer water and then freezing. Okay, so ice shifting and, and then moving crackling. Again. And that was your yeah. case piece. But probably best of all, no, no, no. A slight to Beethoven who opened it. Um, there was uh, Rossini had a really, really long and magnificent piece, Symphony in C. Sorry, not Rossini, it was Bizet. Um, Symphony in C major towards the end. And that was just, it was just a piece of an orchestra, big orchestral piece of many, many parts. And I'd never heard it. I think don't think any of us had heard it live before. But it was just, what an amazing programme. Just what an amazing, an amazing programme. And it got a huge house. 
in the university councillor at all. I know they were very, very pleased. So again, folks, take yourself out of your winter stupor. Stop moaning about weather and dark nights and your, you know, evening classes. The theatre is dry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 get out and support our festivals and concert halls and visual arts, okay? Yeah. And then uh, we're moving on to translations. Rose. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I haven't seen the show yet, but college players are bringing it to Lime Tree Theatre, directed by Margaret Hawk, from the dates five nights, November 12th to 16th. You were at the launch the other day, were you? Yeah, no yeah. ordinary no. launch, Keen. And no. you, follow you, you did not come out to... Limerick's backwater. I, I play Valley football Brown. on Mondays. Very, very pretty yeah. back roads. Very narrow, very dark back roads. Yeah. Thank God for Google Maps. Anyway, <laughs> we were summoned out to the Hedge School cottage out there, which I'd never been to. And God, to my shame, I didn't know about it. Uh, an old friend of mine, Jim O'Farrell, is one of the people who's led the restoration of what was just the, the bare walls. Not even foundation, because Hedge School's just, they were temporary and transient. So rebuilt it according to a gorgeous plan, straw roofed, huge, huge fire burning in the grate, a packed house. If they were in time to, to muscle my way in and like, <laughs> you know, other than college players, I'm sort of the only one there working guys, you know, let me in, let me in, I had to knock on backs. Finally, little, I had to take out the notebook and uh, highlight of the evening was the uh, past director and always a great agitator and mover for for college players, Joan McGarry Moore, a resplendent light. My proud boast that I ever shared the same English course with her in UCG back in the day. Uh, now, I had a light footprint in college. You know, I was barely there. But you know, Joan was a real star. And looking at her the other night, on Monday night, very late, and in this very warm room and beautifully dressed, she gave the most astonishingly good treatise on Brian Friel, and his constant fascination and most of all in this play translations with communication language it's repurposing to got a nation to take ownership of its language and when you do that you take ownership of its people its culture its identity and the use of language with respect to deceit the telling of truth the concealing of truth the unveiling the creation of other narratives the rewriting of history the all the sins of colonialism can be condensed into Friel's use of language. And yet the outsider who comes in to, you know, the, the old theatrical trope of the outsider is the device that walks in, who walks in. That, sorry, it's a device that walks, right? And the person who walks in is uh, Lieutenant Yolland, played by Yo- Ona Hearn in this, in this absolutely gorgeous cast that they've brought together. And he is, Margaret Ock um, told me this, he's, he's a complex figure becomes intensely sympathetic to the Irish and far, far more interested in the beauty of our place and respectful of our place names that he's brought in to rewrite and in this revisioning of the Ordnance Survey mission. And so anyway, I can tell you the cast, and there isn't a lemon amongst them. Paul Fitzgerald, Anya Hogan, David Griffin and daughter Rachel Griffin. Nigel Dugdale, she's also, um, Margaret Ock's very excited as well by the coupling of the village gossips. Dodie and Bridget, um, that's Nigel Dugdale and Joanna O'Brien, who aced it as the, the lead and the constant wife uh, for Torch Players. Pori Castings, Dan Mooney, Paul McCarthy, Ona Hearn. It's a great cast, isn't it? Uh, probably a great cast, yeah. and good luck to them. And when all. is that on, Rose? Assistant Director Rebecca Murphy. I'd like to credit Rebecca as well because she was warmly credited in the night and has a voice, of course. Lime Tree Theatre, November 12 to 16. Keen, see you there.
I'll try my best, Rose. Yeah. Okay, last little word. Can I squeeze in a freebie for St. Mary's Cathedral? You can indeed. Yes, yes, yes. The lovely Peter Barley, who's uh, in charge of their music program, got in touch with me about it's a free evening on Sunday, November the 3rd. It's an evening with Tame Rainish. He conducts a magnificent, magnificent concert at 5 p.m. there. And it's our folly if we don't get to it. Okay, and there's much more online if you look at St. Mary's Cathedral music um they have a series of incredible free concerts it's their wednesday series beginning again wednesday november the 6th november the 20th and november uh wednesday the 27th and again on tuesday the 29th uh there is an october lunchtime series begins with their tourism officer noreen ellerker long long standing person they're of good quality the october lunchtime lecture series um begins next Tuesday the 29th at 1pm again free open to all and talking about all the saints the chapels of the cathedral many many individual lovely chapels within that are, are 1250 year old cathedral yeah that's a, a lovely way to spend your lunch if you want something different oh, yeah. Yeah. Rose thank you very much for joining me Keen, you're wonderfully tolerant sometimes. <laughs> so that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. I'd like to thank Rose Rush for joining me and Bernie English. It was a small cast this week, Rose, as Megan is on holidays. Ah, but, so uh, happy birthday, Megan. Etoile, who compensated for everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Megan. Scully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's her birthday Thanks today. Thanks to the cracking party. Yeah. Yay. So for all your news, sports, arts, entertainment and much, much more, visit LimerickPost.ie or pick up this week's Limerick Post newspaper. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and we really are keeping Limerick posted.